0: Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am Aliza Kelly and I am so, so thrilled to be meeting for the very first time. I'm a bit of a fangirl. So uh, this is Jake Register. You may know him as Jake's Astrology. Um, Libra, astrologer, curator of memes, professional shit talker, Virgo Rising, big stuff. <laughs> thank you for being here. Thanks for being in New York.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: I am so excited. You are so hilarious. Oh my god. I follow you so like everything that you create on Instagram, everything you write on Twitter. I'm like LMAOing. <laughs> R O -O F L O L R O O. Jeez, all of it. That was a that's a mouthful right there. Mm. But I'm doing it. I'm doing that thing. Um, You you know so much about astrology. You're so smart, and yet you are also such a little BB whose birthday is solar return right around the corner.
1: Yes, October fifteenth. I um,
0: yeah. So by the time this episode comes out, people will have already started to buy you presents. So I hope any so. any last request for presents.
1: Um, you can just Venmo me. Venmo it's Jake's astrology. Five dollars, fifty dollars, whatever. I'll take it.
0: Put some more zeros on there if you're feeling extra fancy. Mm-hmm. We're in Venus time right now. Yep. Um. So how did you? How did this all begin? How did you become a? curator of memes and astrologer and professional shit talker. I know how you became a Libra. <laughs>
1: back to the beginning, which would be a good place to start. Um, I was like 14, 15, and I had friends in high school. My best friend at the time, she was very, very into like paranormal stuff, like Ouija boards, tarot cards. Like we would have sleepovers every weekend doing like Ouija boards that we would make on the back of like a pizza box. Like Ooh, doing I like... like, that. like um, DIY Ouija boards yeah and um then I kind of got into tarot for a tiny bit and just like from there I eventually found out about astrology and how it goes way deeper than like just your sun sign and everything and uh I wasn't really like super interested in studying it until I was probably uh 18 or 19 when I was in college and then once I like started buying books and diving deeper into the chart and like looking at my friends' charts and seeing all of their like their moons and their risings and da 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 da. I was just like hooked. I like um my Scorpio moon in the third house, like I love to hoard knowledge and with astrology, there is never like no one's ever gonna be able to learn all of it because it's like two thousand something years old and it's like continuing to be developed today. So like I haven't lost interest yet, and I have a problem with that, where if I feel like I know everything, I'm just like, okay, whatever, I'm over it. But this, I just, like, I can't stop. I can't stop. I'm a crackhead.
0: <laughs> and then
1: um, for astrology. And then, um, like, two years ago, I was roller skating with my friend, and that was um, a little bit after I'd really gotten serious about learning astrology, and I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, the coolest thing ever. I want to share it with the world. Um And I love social media. I made an Instagram and originally started out as like an educational kind of deal. And like people weren't buying it because they're that just doesn't get like traffic on social media. So I was like, how can I like coerce people into learning about astrology and spreading like the good word? And I was like memes. So I made a bunch of memes and started posting them. And uh, I made these bingo cards forever ago. And those really took off because people would like share it to their story and like cross off. Like oh, if you're a Scorpio, then it's like one of the little squares would be like. Um, or my favorite one actually for Taurus is like resting bitch face, and then smoking pot, and then eating pot edibles, and like all the Tauruses loved that. And then it just like spread like wildfire, and then I got a whole lot of followers, and here I am making memes.
0: So were you and were you anticipating for there to to amass that type of following? Did you like? Did you figure out the formula or was it just something where you were like, wow, there seems to be some magic here that is working? Or did you I in what like way was your Virgo rising working? Basically,
1: <laughs> I I was like just figuring out like people love memes um, and I know that I have like a good sense of humor. So I felt like that was like a very logical step to take. And I was like anticipating getting a lot of followers. And like, I'm not going to lie, that was kind of my goal. But mostly it was because I wanted to share astrology with people. And now I, that I have like, I think 187,000 followers. I'll but go live. Counting? Yeah, <laughs> just me. Um, I, I'll, like, go live, and I'll talk about educational stuff, and I won't do, like, the whole funny thing, Um, and people really, really like that, and I get DMs all the time about people who want to read books and want to know who they can go to for consultations, so I'm, like, very satisfied with all of that, Um, but I think a lot of it was luck, because 2018 is when I started my Instagram or whatever. And that was when Jupiter was in Scorpio Um, or no, it was 2017 Jupiter was in Scorpio. And I feel like that is when the astrology kind of like train left the station and people were kind of like hopping onto that. And then 2018, it was going crazier and crazier. And now 2019 it's going even more crazy. Um, So, and I don't see it like stopping anytime soon. So I'm really, really, I feel really, really good about that. Oh, oh, my God. Total side note. But um, astrology, Jupiter and Sagittarius right now. The last time Jupiter and Sagittarius was uh, square, Neptune and Pisces was in the mid-1800s when the, uh, I think it was like the spiritualism movement took off. And I think it's so interesting how that's being reflected in 2019 with astrology. I was just,
0: in, in the magical world of there being no coincidences, I was also just looking at that too because that was the last time that we had Neptune in Pisces was during it was right after it was like 1860. It mm-hmm. was like right after the Civil War during the Reconstruction Era. And that's when all of this interest in occultism and the original um, hermetic order of the Golden Dawn, which is basically like created the tarot decks that we know now were formed. And that's when we have all of those like ye old spooky pictures mm-hmm. like photos of like like ghosts. seances. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and I love it <laughs> so much. And mm-hmm. apparitions. Um, and
1: its impact is still lasting today, which is why I'm, like, very convinced that astrology, it's not going to be this huge forever and ever, but it's going to have a lasting impact, like, more than it has before when it's blown up, I think.
0: I would say while Neptune, it continues to transit through Pisces, astrology is still, spirituality is still going to be in the forefront of people's mm-hmm. minds.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm, like, so ready for Neptune to move on because... When it first entered Pisces, it was opposite my rising sign because it's two degrees Virgo. And then right after that whole shindig occurred, um, my Venus is 13 Virgo. So it's been opposite my Venus, like, five ever. But it's finally finishing that out, luckily. But I'm, like, I'm ready for it to move on.
0: What I think is interesting is, you know, Neptune is is such a fascinating... I'm obsessed with Neptune. Mm -hmm. Obviously, as a Pisces moon, I have to be. But... It moves so slowly. And in this amazing book called Alive and Well with Neptune by Bill Tierney, he talks about how because we won't even experience a whole Neptune orbit within our single life, it's almost like Neptune, like we pick up where someone else left off from Neptune. Mm -hmm. And I do. And and that is also part of like the magic of being alive in this moment in time right now where we can work as astrologers is like because we're not going to see the entire orbit of neptune like we just happen to be here at this very specific spiritual revival time where we can also make memes and it's like (laughs) it's a really (laughs) what a time to be alive it's Mm -hmm. like really bizarre and special
1: i um want to be the first person to live through an entire neptune cycle i think i can do it
0: i think that you can too like 150 years or something like that it's 146 so Medical sciences. And you're advancing. about to turn 23. So I feel like you're. I'm like you're, one eighth of the way there. You're, yeah, you're, you're making headway. Fantastic. So then, how did it. Had had you. Are, were you also. Did you go through college throughout. Did you graduate, or how did college and like your other work life fit into you building your, your business as an astrologer?
1: Um, so I went to college for two years. Um, when I was. 17 18 and then like the first half of 19 um and it was a really bad experience um I went to uh, school for costume design like for theater and I loved that but the the town I was in it was just like there was a lot of bad influences like I got into some bad drugs and I got into a lot of crazy behavior and I think that kind of like uh spiral downwards I eventually had to end up going back home afterwards I had a lot of alone time because all my friends were still at school um and I was also in like a really low place and astrology kind of helped pull me out of there like I had a bunch of really awful experiences with um or just one really awful experience with one really really awful doctor who um he was like my uh, psychiatrist and he was like the freaking worst and seeing him for a year versus, like, diving deep into astrology for, like, three or four months and kind of figuring myself out and figuring out what it all meant. Like, astrology was way more helpful, and I feel like it helped me get my life back on track, and then shortly after all of that occurred was when I started taking it way, way, way more seriously and doing the Instagram, and then I started writing for Cosmo and everything. So, um, yeah, college, bad, but... I'm glad that it happened because had I not gone through all of that, then I wouldn't be where I'm at now. I think.
0: So I find that they're kind of usually like for me, I definitely had a rock bottom before I became a full on astrologer. Like I had to, I was in like the darkest place of my life and that was my second rock bottom. I've had like, many many rock bottoms but it was the last rock bottom that i had that was when i decided to just take the plunge and fully accept being an astrologer Mm -hmm. as opposed to hiding behind a brand that i had created that was astrology Mm -hmm. because i was still scared of it being me i was still scared of like then being labeled as someone who was weird Mm-hmm. Perpetually, And like, what if I, what if I wanted to get a normal job? And then I, people saw me as an astrologer, like, would I be able to ever get back into the world again? And then when I finally realized, like, no, bitch, like, you were never really participating in the world in a normal way. Anyway, mm-hmm. it like just released so much of that pressure.
1: Yeah. And and in, in this day and age, I think it's you know, like such a wide phenomenon that for whatever reason, if you did want to like go into the real world, you would be able to. And I think that having your history as an astrologer would like make you even more. like I think that's like such a flex now, you know. Like I'll match people on Tinder and they'll be like astrologer, like, oh, I'm this, 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 and I'll like tell them about it. And it's like hasn't like led to anything exciting yet, but it's fun to flirt with people about there. <laughs> about their sign and their chart and everything. And, like, people love it now so much. And In
0: 2014, when I began, like, I felt very, very stigmatized. Like, it was not something that went down easy for people. Like, Mm -hmm. it was something where people would be like, okay, like, you wackadoo, how are you going to – like, what does that even mean to be an astrologer? Mm -hmm. And now I think that there's precedent for it, and people understand – at least on some level like what that could look like mm-hmm. but in those five years it's just crazy i mean neptune's just done fucking work mm-hmm. clearly <laughs> you can, you,
1: there are horoscopes on the back of pop tart boxes now like it's it really is everywhere like i still do get shit from a few people like mostly like straight men capricorn men specifically like oh, i have like so two or boring. three yeah right and they, every time I see them, I've known them for years and years and years. They're like, you're still looking at the stars and da-da-da-da. i am like, can you please shut up? Because everybody else loves me for it, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely the one good thing that Neptune's brought into my life. Because I don't like Neptune. You don't? Mm-mm. All of my Virgo placements and all my Libra placements, I feel like I'm very, like... I try to be really logical and, like, cut and dried with everything. And then Neptune is, like, the one planet that I have like, the least grasp on, I guess, because it's all about being, like, you know, like, ethereal and spiritual and, like, deep emotions and, like, all of that kind of stuff that I don't naturally experience very much. Um, I would like to learn more about Neptune, but also, like, my entire, like, adolescent and adult life with all those awful transits that I've gotten from Neptune, I hold a grudge.
0: I I completely understand, and I also, you know, my Pisces moon... Is in the second house, Mm -hmm. and I have an eighth house stellium with four placements in Virgo, early Virgo. But when Neptune was transiting my second house, opposing all of those Virgo in the eighth house, I mean, it was like that. Those were my dark spots. Mm -hmm. Like those, I was so so broke. Like, practic, like selling my furniture. To be able to afford rent. So, like, my apartment, ironically, was becoming more and more sparse Mm -hmm. so that I could even afford to stay in an apartment. Like, just like bleak shit. Mm. Were you always
1: living in New York City?
0: I'm from New York City. I lived in, I went to college in Minnesota, and then I lived in LA for three years. Mm -hmm. And it was in LA that all of this was happening. But it was also in LA that Pluto crossed my ascendant and I became. In, like an astrologer mm-hmm. It was in that It was during that time How do you feel about Pluto?
1: Um, Pluto is a tricky one I don't like that one either The, <laughs> the, the Pluto-Saturn uh, conjunction Happening at the Is it the very end of this year? Or, like the very beginning of next year? The very beginning
0: of next year yeah, yeah, It's like January. January. end of January Yeah
1: um, Almost down to the minute It's going to be an exact square To my sun sign So I'm like strategically Avoiding learning more Because I have my uh, son is 22 Libra and I have a bunch of Aries friends and other Libra friends who are like uh, like in the very first decan of Libra and Aries and I'm like so Pluto was square your sun sign during this time of your life like can you describe that to me and like they've all had awful horror stories so I'm like trying to avoid that but I think Pluto is really really um it's really fascinating because I feel like with all of the craziness that it does bring, when you do kind of like get back up off your feet, you're way better for it.
0: Yeah, I think that also like Neptune and Pluto in a lot of ways are, they're just such kindred spirits. They go, it's like to Neptune is also the underworld, you know, like the underworld of if you think of like the mythology of like Poseidon, Neptune lair under the sea is like sort of, it's another form of Hades. Like it's mm-hmm. another form of just like this unknown spooky bill. There's like a little more, there's like more mermaids and ethereal shit in Neptune's land, but ultimately it's still like a lot of skeletons mm-hmm. and these take lifetimes to understand and really unpack and learn how to work with um, Pluto. I, I didn't know that Pluto was crossing my ascendant when it was crossing my ascendant. And I am, grateful. I did mm-hmm. not know because it was right as I was starting to learn about astrology and if I had known that that transit was about to happen, I would have exploded. It yeah. would like it would have just scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but I survived and you know, I feel like part of my job as in the type of astrology that I like to practice and in the way that I think about it is like if I like when I first started understanding my chart i was like this is a horrifying chart this is this is a this is a nightmare chart like and you have also there's things in your chart we were talking about before we mic'd up (laughs) about
1: just like every single freaking planet um in its fall or in its detriment except for mars and Leah, my 12th house um and then the two planets of highest ascension are mars and saturn in the 12th and 8th house um there's a lot going on. And then my mid heaven is, um, I don't, I can't remember if it's that fixed star Algal or, uh, the Pleiades, but they're like right next to each other. And they're both like, not chill stars, you know, <laughs> like they're both like, not cool. Like, so the more I learned about it early on, like the more I wanted to stop learning about it. And I don't know, Virgo rising, I can pick out all of the things that I think are wrong with it. Um, And I can do that with anybody else's chart, but I just feel like mine objectively. And maybe it's not objectively bad, but I feel like it is. But um, I've done fine with it so far, I think. I'm living. You're
0: here, right? And you're doing, and I would say that you're doing very well for being someone who is at least moving in the direction of what your interests and passions are. Like That's not an easy thing for anyone to ever do. But especially being able to get there like pre Saturn return is pretty cool, though. Thank who you. the fuck knows what's gonna happen with your Saturn return? Oh
1: God, Lord Jesus, Aries <laughs> Eighth house. Anxiety. <laughs>
0: uh, well, we have we have a while to go before then.
1: Yeah, I guess. But
0: yeah, I mean, my sad. I thought that I was gonna like, you know, I don't know what part of my chart was be- feeling optimistic. There's not really. I mean, maybe it was just that little spark of Leo that I have in there. But I was like, my Saturn return is going to be fine because I'm Saturn ruled. So Mm
1: -hmm. I have already
0: lived a Saturn life. Mm -hmm. No, it completely fucked me. Like it was so much worse and scarier than I could have ever imagined it to be. It was so 12th house. It was Mm -hmm. so eerie. Um,
1: You have a 12th house Saturn, not a mm, first. Yeah. Uh, I have
0: 12th house. I have that millennial trifecta of uranus neptune and saturn
1: all in capricorn all in capricorn Mm
0: -hmm. my ascendant is at 12 degrees neptune is at nine Mm -hmm. saturn is at seven and uranus is at like three so Mm -hmm. it like is my saturn return was also like activating all of those Mm -hmm. simultaneously which is just in through the 12th house and then they finally reach the ascendant and i was like it was like oh my god
1: (laughs) shit show but it's over now it's over
0: i can live Because the 12th house, so I have that outer planet stellium in my 12th. Then I have a five-planet stellium, not including asteroids, in the 8th. Mm -hmm. Then I have my midheaven conjunct Pluto in Scorpio. And then my second house, moon, in Pisces. Like, looking at my chart with fucking Capricorn rising, when I was finding out about my chart, I was like, this is... You could not get a worse chart than this. This is like a shit, miserable chart. But then I figured out, like, if I think my chart is so bad, which I do, Mm -hmm. then like charts don't scare me because I have not really seen a chart that looks as intense as this before. So then I think that that actually allowed me to become like a pretty good astrologer and consulting astrologer because nothing really scares me Mm -hmm. there's not a chart that I see where I'm like oh you're doomed because I already had to sort of reconcile and go through my own process Mm -hmm. in my own chart of feeling doomed and then I also realized like yeah my life has also been really hard so like Mm -hmm. this chart also checks out and it's also kind of like validates my experiences in a way that if I had like a sunny leo fifth house chart Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice i know mm-hmm. but it also wouldn't be real it wouldn't be my life mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense so uh, to me it's like the harder chart the better like the harder chart the more fun that i can have understanding it and like working with people and breaking it down and like figuring out the nuances of how things can manifest and play out
1: you might have a similar problem or not a problem but thing where it's let's like call it, let's call it a problem. let's call it a problem you know um, where somebody could have, like, a pretty pretty crazy chart, but I still feel like I'm able to, like, pinpoint the good stuff that's happening. Like, um, I'll see somebody, like, for example, Saturn in the 12th house, like, which sounds like not the greatest placement, but then, like, traditional astrology says that Saturn rejoices in the 12th house, you know? So that's, like, my brother has Saturn in the 12th house, for example, in freaking Taurus, which is, like... He's so young and tiny, you know? Um, and he is really getting in- interested in astrology, too. And he was looking it up, like, cafe astrology, dah, da da He was like, I think I'm going to die. And I was <laughs> like, everyone does, first of all. Second of all, like... You let's are look confirmed. At this. Yep, yep. It, let's, look, let's look at it from, like, a different angle. Like, this astrologer from, like, you know, thousands of years ago, he said and they kind of generally agreed that saturn is actually the best part of your chart for it to be in is in the 12th house so let's think about that for a second you know um and then all of that stuff and i love incorporating like traditional astrology the more i learn about it with um the modern astrology stuff that i do know because i think that it has a lot to um offer like more nuances and stuff when you're looking at someone's chart um Demetra George, you know. Yeah, you know that is. I actually, I love her to pieces because she's like the queen of ancient astrology, but at the same time, she is like the queen of like modernizing astrology. Like I bought a lecture by her. um, It's like an hour long all about incorporating asteroids into the birth chart, which I feel like... A lot of people who are self-identified like Hellenistic astrologers or they focus on that like don't even give a shit about the outer planets or the asteroids but she was like going off about these asteroids and how they work and how amazing they are and da di da so that inspired me to look at my own asteroids and it's really interesting also not great but you know <laughs>
0: people start are starting to ask about asteroids a lot more um which makes sense because people are going down the rabbit hole of astrology and they want to know all of the things and after you understand the planets you want to understand the asteroids oh my
1: god but what is the obsession with frickin Lilith that I see on twitter every damn day like people who are like been on the internet for like two and a half minutes they have like their cafe astrology and their co-star charts and then they're like Lilith, like a 30 tweet thread about what Lilith is. And I'm like, um, I don't know a whole lot about Lilith.
0: Also like which Lilith.
1: Exactly. And I'm like, but, which
0: Lilith are you mm. talking I'm about? Like, which
1: one? And also uh yeah, shit talking on Twitter. And like, is it really shit talking? Maybe. I like to look <laughs> at it as like you know, questioning not questioning their integrity, but making sure they have integrity in what, like, the content they're putting out. Because I've seen, um, I've gotten into a few, like, back and forths with people on Twitter because they will just post stuff that is straight up not factual information, and I know that for a fact. And I'm the kind of person where if I feel, like, even the slightest bit unsure about something, I won't talk about it publicly because I don't want to look like Boo Boo the Fool on freaking in front of (laughs) thousands of people, you know? But if somebody's like, this is wrong and they explain it to me, I'm like, okay, thank you. But then everybody else, I feel like, they freak out. So I'm not gonna drop any names. But um there we are We
0: wish you would.
1: Oh my god, but but they have more followers than me, so I'd get shit on by all of their or followers. Or are you being
0: followers? I don't know. We we don't we we don't have to talk about it. But they're out there. They're out there.
1: <laughs> and it's just people who like It's just people, people, people. People who freaking will post lies and vicious just like misinformation and like i've gotten into arguments with somebody like literally just tweeted them like what's your source on this because i've never heard this before and i have heard like contradictory information from a variety of sources and um just people them and their followers will flip out on me and like call me our sorts of names and be like, you're gatekeeping astrology. Not everybody can afford books and not everybody can afford lessons. I'm like, I'm not saying you have to do all that shit. I just want to know where you heard it. Cause if, it <laughs> is, if, if it's the truth, then obviously I would want to incorporate it into what I'm doing, but I've just heard contradictory information. Like this one person, she was like, um, if you have your moon sign within 10 degrees of um, the next sign, then you would have, like, traits of both moon signs. I'm like, 10 degrees is a frickin' mm. lot, first of all. What second is of that? all, It's a bunch of made-up bullshit, Elisa. Like, it's a bunch of... It's, it's lies. It's not factual. And then I was like, where's your source? And she was like, I read it on a website last summer. I was like...
0: I mean, I don't fuck around with Twitter. But it also really, like, it feels very clicky.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. And, um... I feel like I don't want to participate in the clicks. I just follow the people who I like and they follow me back and we talk about it. And I have a bunch of other followers that sometimes I talk to. So I guess it is kind of clicky, but, <laughs> but I mean, I just do I, Twitter. My Twitter is like nothing like my Instagram or my Instagram is like where I do most of my like promotions and like business stuff or whatever. And on Twitter, I just talk about what I'm thinking about, which happens to be astrology most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, But it does get really clicky and it does get a little crazy at some times. Yeah,
0: like sometimes I'll, you know, be up at night like I am. People are really wanting to talk about traditional versus modern astrology Mm. on Twitter in like a way that just makes me want to fall asleep. Like it literally puts me to sleep because like, yes, they both exist and
1: and they're so easy to incorporate with one another. Right,
0: and like we can know all of them and find ways of being able to
1: like use them. Like compromise the yes. two. Yes. The one thing that I've had such a hard time compromising and that I really don't like. I love the traditional planetary like rulership system and I used to get like so butthurt when people were like Neptune, Pisces because when I think Neptune, I think of only bad things. I don't really like Neptune and I think Pisces have so much more to offer than just like the foggy, misty, like hallucinogenic qualities of Neptune. But, like, I've grown past that. And if people want to say Neptune rules Pisces, I will say, actually, it co-rules Pisces with Jupiter. Because <laughs> um, I like Jupiter a lot better. You know, Jupiter's fun. Jupiter's big and expansive. And I think Pisces, most Pisces I know, embody, like, the more Jupiter side, I feel like. Because I don't like Neptune. Neptune's a piece of shit.
0: We have to get you liking Neptune. I, like, you got to get a nice relationship going with Neptune. Neptune is not going anywhere.
1: Don't trust him.
0: Definitely don't trust him But like (laughs) Neptune is also Like I really love thinking of Neptune As the higher vibration of Venus Mm -hmm. Like you know Venus to me It could actually be quite problematic You know Venus is so surface level And so superficial And like it really is like the Marie Antoinette Like bathe me Like oil me Feed me treats Like and ultimately it doesn't actually care about the substance of love Or mm-hmm. intimacy Where I feel like When you get it to the Neptune vibration That to me is like
1: That's like a soul level connection Yeah and, and it's
0: like- It's so it's, it's so spiritual And psychic And it reminds me of like All of the amazing Greek mythology And mm-hmm. of like the sirens And it's scary and intense But it also like You can't reach that level With Venus mm-hmm. And I also don't even know If you can reach that level With Jupiter I mean maybe when we had Jupiter in traditional astrology working with both Sag and Pisces harmoniously because Sag is like exploring, you know, the earth terrain and then Pisces is exploring like the subterrain of water. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the Neptune energy of it just being so mystical and out there, Mm -hmm. like you don't have it. There's nowhere else it really gets represented.
1: That's true. And I'm like, I'm trying to open up to that idea because, like, I want to learn more about Neptune. I want to learn more about everything. I love to learn. But I just, I harbor a very deep grudge against Neptune for all the bad things it's done to me.
0: Also, I have Neptune, since I have Neptune conjunct my Ascendant, I feel like it's it's actually one of my, like, special skills mm-hmm. is because people can project on me whatever they want to see. So I feel like it, I mean, very disassociative for me. For other people, I feel like, yeah, you want me to be your astrologer you want me to be your friend you want me to be your sister like i'm happy to take on whatever role you want because neptune is so transformative mm-hmm. so let's talk about house calculation systems because you use your you are using whole sign exclusively now
1: pretty much except for like the past few weeks i've been like walking a few of my friends through their own charts and their default thing that like they use astro.com because i tell them that's the only thing that you should use Um, it defaults to Placidus and I'll like walk them through that and I'll be like you need to change it to whole signs but then I'll like see it in Placidus and like sometimes different placements will make way more sense there Um, so I'm like kind of back like in that in between where it's like I don't know what I want to use I was actually I was talking to Annabelle Gap forever ago and about house systems because me being who I am I always want to be right and I want to be perfect so I asked a bunch of people like what house system do you use and why because i want to use the right house system and there isn't a right house system you know it just is based on how you interpret things and she was telling me that she uses um placidus when she's doing like uh, birth chart consultations and everything but if she's doing something like hellenistic astrology like zodiac releasing then she will use whole sign houses so i'm thinking like that is a really good compromise i think
0: yes and like for horoscopes you use whole sign yeah like there's that's exactly how I use it too. There's certain mm-hmm. techniques that for natal chart I only use placidus because I'm obsessed with intercepted houses. I think intercepted houses are the magic of astrology. Like I know
1: nothing about them. I bought a lecture from Wade Caves and I need to listen to it because I feel like that could be the thing to like push me back to well, opening up. Let to me tell placidus. you. I am
0: obsessed with the intercepted houses. I find them to be so fascinating and to give so much nuance to a natal chart. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, one also is going to be drawn to what speaks to them in their own experience. And Mm -hmm. as someone who has is riddled with intercepted houses, Mm -hmm. and I don't, for instance, like my second and eighth houses are so large and expansive that they carry three different signs in them. So Virgo, technically, uh, Pisces doesn't rule a house in. Placidus in my Placidus mm. chart, and neither does Virgo because they're between, they're, they're like wedged between, between Leo and mm-hmm. Libra in the eighth and then wedged between Aquarius and Aries in the second. So it's like that energy to me is so interesting because it's there, but it's also like not there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, it shows sort of the hidden parts of you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to have houses that become so expansive is in a natal chart reading like really checks out and resonates Mm -hmm. whereas i feel like whole sign almost compartmentalizes it too much for me
1: i i think that's kind of why i like whole sign houses because it's like you know keep it simple stupid it's just like if i know your rising sign i can have all the other houses and i don't have to like pull up your shit or whatever and like look at where all the house cusps are um and also because i write horoscopes with that way it just keeps everything like very neat and organized it does Um, it's a
0: lot more neat and organized it like everything sort of slots right into the place and each mm -hmm. each domain has a very specific way it operates and you know like what it's doing and when it's doing it and why Mm -hmm. whereas like there's i guess maybe with my fucking neptune shit like i like the more interpretive Mm -hmm. aspects of the intercepted placidus style what are your thoughts on costar so here we go
1: compared to all the other astrology I like the broadly astrology app I think it's so cute I love the design and I love Annabelle she writes for it Um, but I like CoStar way better than I guess the other like huge one would be the pattern for a few different reasons first the pattern I don't think they have any integrity at all because, um, and maybe that's a little harsh, but I don't care, because it's true. Because they will be like... This is
0: basically the Wendy Williams show, so you're allowed to be... <laughs> <I love the laughs> you're Wendy Williams you're show. allowed to throw as much shade wherever as possible.
1: I don't think they have any integrity, because I download the app, and the way everything is written, it's like, it's beautifully written, and, but it doesn't tell you what's going on. It does not tell you the transits, it doesn't say what planets are doing what, and I feel like I'm pretty good at like looking at what they're saying about this pattern in my life that's happening and when it's going to start and when it's going to end I can be like oh that's Pluto square my son right now of course duh, obviously
0: do they I don't have the app do they say what the transit is or no
1: not at all and then in the about section it's like this is based off decades of research I'm like decades bitch more like 2000 years of research because it's astrology and you're like lying to people like and I sent them an email and they never responded so maybe now they will that I'm that I'm vocalizing it Um, but I really. Oh my god! I can.
0: I love that you're like. Can I speak to your manager? But literally, (laughs) can I please speak to the manager?
1: Whereas CoStar, like, there have been like issues with like the software not calculating people's houses or ascendant correctly, which that's just an issue with the software. But they use NASA data, and the people who made the app are all people who are very genuinely interested in astrology, and they are they want to learn more, and it was like a passion project, from what I understand. And also, like, the biggest reason I prefer that over the pattern is because it will have your little, this is happening today, or this is happening for the next few months, and it tells you why. It'll give you a description for, like, a few sentences, and then it's like, Pluto, Square, Sun, or whatever. And also, I like that they use minor aspects, because those are things that I want to learn a lot more about, and there's not a lot of free information available about those. Um, I bought a few books, but...
0: Yes, Aspects and Personality is fabulous.
1: I actually did buy that book. Yes, but um, it also
0: literally like in the in the first 30 pages in when it's describing all of the major and minor aspects by the end of it, the author is like, but don't worry about minor aspects. <laughs> She's like, but also like it doesn't matter because the orbs have to be so tight for them mm. that it's like if well, you... That's what I
1: think makes them special, you know?
0: I pulled out the book. I am actually gonna pull it out right now, hold on. So we have the vigintile, semi sextile, decile, novile, semi square, septile, quintile, tridecile, ses
1: sesquare, ses s ses- 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 ses-que- ses-que- That's also a sesquisquadrate. But yes. like yeah.
0: Yes and then by quintile.
1: If the the aspect does not come up on astro.com cuz they have sesquiqu squares or sesquiqu or whatever you want to call it, semi sextiles, semi squares, um, and in conjunctions. Those are the ones that I want to learn the most about.
0: I like in conjunctions a lot. I think those are very interesting.
1: I love them because um I discovered them like hiding in my chart because um on Astro.com, it doesn't draw aspect lines to the Ascendant, and I wasn't, like, really? bothered. mm You can select to do that, and it will show uh, aspects to the Ascendant in, like, that little table in the bottom corner. But um, I was looking at my chart, and I was like, wait, hold on. What's the T? Um, I have... Saturn and Uranus sextile each other, but they're both in conjunct my ascendant. And I was like, what does this mean? And then I found out that it's like a yacht or whatever. And I was like reading about that. And I thought that was really cool. So then I wanted to learn all about them.
0: Yeah. In conjunct, like the the way that I sort of see it is sort of like you guys, are like you're at the same party, but you just keep missing each other. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're at the same party and you know that the other person is there but like you're in the kitchen while they're in the living room or like you go in the living room and they're in the bathroom and it's like
1: you're and you're in, texting each other right, like, and where like where are you? Are you. Like, like I was just in the kitchen. Me too. Yeah, like, like I was just
0: there. I didn't see you and then you go through a whole night and you actually never run into each other but you were literally at like you were doing the same thing talking mm-hmm. to the same people. That's how I see in conjunctions. That
1: is a really good analogy. I like that a lot. Thank
0: you. <laughs> 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 I always I like in order for me to understand how these really abstract You know Astrological concepts work I have to like Find the metaphors And the analogies To put them Mm -hmm. in Application So that it doesn't It's So that I can like See them live out In real time Mm -hmm. So if I can't Which is why like I'm not going to bore our listeners with my diatribe on why I don't like Twin Flames yet uh, again. Uh, or maybe we will because there's never, you know, it's, there's always more time to talk about that. But the main thing that I get really hung up on is like, what. Is that? Is it a candle with fucking two wicks? Is it a candle that has wicks at either side? Is it, is it just it two, two candles, candles that were next lit at the to same time? Like, right. Describe it to me because if I can't visualize it, then it doesn't. I it's not checking out. Mm-hmm. And to me, I it to me it looks like a Yankee candle with two flames in it, and that's ugly. Like but I. Does it smell
1: good? <laughs> is it a good smelling Yankee candle? No, it's
0: like the cherry blossom one where you walk in and you're like somebody is clearly covering up like a poopy smell.
1: <laughs> I wonder if uh, Yankee Candle is going to like hop on that train of capitalizing on spiritual stuff uh, that they've been doing, everyone's doing in 2019, and like have a candle called Twin Flame now.
0: Oh, wow. Maybe
1: someone from Yankee Candles is listening to this very podcast. Yeah, and talk you to us. To, yeah, you, well, you need to demand that you get royalty money if you see that come out anytime soon.
0: Right. I mean, this is... Stars like us is copywritten, so oh hell yeah! Watch the fuck out, Yankee Candle. Yeah, Yankee Candle. If you come out with that twin flame, <laughs> you better Jake and run I are... <laughs> us a check. So, what else? What else should we? Oh, we wanted to talk about the impeachment a little bit.
1: Yes, because and I have the chart. Yes. right here,
0: and it's timely enough. Um, you know, one of man, I really feel like in through the course of this conversation. I am feeling more and more Neptune as we're talking about Neptune, because I was about to say that, like the cool thing about podcasts is that you could listen to them in the future and, <laughs> and like die. You could listen to them in the future, but that at the time when someone listens to this, they, we might have more information than mm-hmm. what we're delivering information on now. And that's so interesting to me. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. <laughs> thank you. I love that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, so jake and i were talking about the you know pre-microphone we were talking about do we want what do we want to talk about today and we were talking about going into the impeachment inquiry chart and both of us sort of like like grimaced at it because it's kind of weird and neither of us really know what to do with it and make sense of it i took a poll on my lowly Twitter, which I don't really use very much, and I asked, you know, do does this p- chart look um, positive or negative, and it was literally 50-50
1: split. Yeah, there's a an in-conjunction between Mercury and Neptune in this chart. Well, so. Neptune's role
0: in that chart to me is, like, standout. Mm-hmm. Like, Neptune in the first house, basically... Is like it, it practically is void You know it's like practically mm-hmm. like well We clearly have no idea What we're looking at I guess why I'm having such a hard time With this chart is because If you use different techniques And maybe this is actually like a, a, a Sort of a good Discussion of how Astrology can be tricky sometimes Is I think if you use different techniques For it you get different results In mm-hmm. this particular chart I think if you look at the mundane astrology, it actually looks promising for him being impeached. What do you think about it in whole sign?
1: Um, Looking at, like, so Jupiter in the 11th, I just think that in any kind of chart is so great, especially in its domicile. Um,
0: But is it great for him or is it great
1: for us? The 11th house, even though that's, like, more like... uh, like cliques and clubs and like social circles, I kind of see it also as like um not like civilization as a whole, but kind of like society. humanity. Yeah, yeah. And Jupiter like is in its domicile, rejoicing in the eleventh house. So ultimately, that could be saying that it's going to be a really great thing for like the common people or whatever. Um, and if you take the sun as uh, the planet representing Trump in the ninth house. It is in the ninth house where it rejoices, and he's having you know a good time rejoicing up in the White House right now. But like you were saying earlier, it's still um, in its fall, so maybe he's about to fall on down. You know, mm-hmm. um,
0: in in Placidus, when I was looking at the impeachment chart, it feels to me like it is the beginning of something good, but the mm-hmm. chart itself feels like it wouldn't. It's not going to be able to come into fruition, mm-hmm. and that is like mostly using the mundane techniques, because the mo- the interesting thing that I remember seeing, I hope this is is interesting to listeners. It, to it me better it's be. Politics
1: are freaking important and people need to know more about them. But
0: the another really major thing is that there is a, a very prominent aspect being created between I guess it's the sextile between um, Jupiter and Mercury. It's like 17 degrees or something. It's
1: Yeah, 17 degrees, 23 minutes for both of them. Yes, yes, they're
0: exact. And in Placidus, Mercury was in the 8th house, which was digging up dirt, Mm -hmm. giving it to Jupiter in the 10th house. So clearly there, and Jupiter in mundane astrology is representing the judicial system, Mm -hmm. whereas Mercury represents the media. So Mm -hmm. clearly there's like a digging up dirt, Like flow that is happening between the judicial system and the media right now. Mm -hmm. But the question is, is like, is it, like, who's winning from it? Like, who's going to benefit from that sextile?
1: Mm -hmm. We have, um, in Holstein houses, that was a really good point that you made. Um, Because the ninth house can be, like, media and publishing. So Mercury, sextile, Jupiter in the 11th, this is definitely getting people talking about politics more than people have been talking about politics for a long time, I feel. Because, like, I have people back home who are, like, my age, like, they're, like, 22, 23, 24, and I'm like, did you hear what President Trump did this time? Like, can you believe he's holding, like, babies and children in cages at the border? And they're like, I never heard that. I'm like, are you living under a freaking rock, you crazy person? Like, how can you not have heard about this? But even those people are talking about this, you know? So I feel like that's definitely getting people talking, and I think that's, like, a really important first step to something actually happening later on down the line. Whether he gets impeached or not, I think that could really be good for getting people... They're talking about it. They're becoming more aware. Like, that might inspire more people to go out and vote, you know? So...
0: I think that whatever... No matter what house system you use... I think that what this shows is that this is the start of something really promising. Mm-hmm. And I don't we don't know if there is if this particular inquiry is gonna come into fruition. But the other thing is is that it's the inquiry, it's not the impeachment chart. So True an, an inquiry True. is also has like a completely different life cycle we're in a square we're sorry we're in a square right now with neptune my bad
1: fucking neptune ruining everybody's (laughs) life that's why i don't like neptune i never will
0: (laughs) i i'm still fighting for neptune i if i don't fight for neptune neptune will destroy me
1: True. Neptune so, Neptune's right up there with your with your rising sign. Yes.
0: I need I need to get Neptune. We need to work together <laughs> harmoniously.
1: I'll help you from the sidelines, but I don't want to be homies with Neptune. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Neptune have beef.
0: <laughs> I understand. I mean in this Bill Tyranny book, which is just so good, it really talks about like it personifies Neptune and it talks about how pissed he was about being assigned the ocean Mm -hmm. because in the mythology of it you know saturn ate all of the children jupiter saved them and basically assigned everybody their domains pluto got the underworld um neptune got the sea Mm -hmm. jupiter got the sky and neptune felt really like
1: like shafted yeah, by the whole Yeah, he thing. was like
0: okay, great. So I don't hang out with anyone. I'm, just I'm swimming all around. alone. I swim. It's cold. And Jupiter was like, "No, you have all, like all of the ocean. Like you this is a this is a lot of responsibility." And Neptune was like, "Okay, yeah, sure, whatever." And apparently was just pissed. And that is how Bill Tierney describes like the loneliness of Neptune is like just always feeling left out. And it made it made my Pisces moon empathize mm-hmm. with Neptune <laughs> and be like, oh, baby.
1: My Scorpio moon's like, all right. <laughs> you deserved it. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I,
1: I love my Scorpio. I, know. I love, hate my Scorpio moon. I posted a meme about it where like I first discovered it and I was like, oh my God, how edgy and cool is this? You know? And then like learning more about it, how it's, um, and it's, Fall yeah, and it's fall and Scorpio and all that bullshit. And I was like, Oh, maybe this isn't the coolest thing. But then I learned that the moon uh rejoices in the third house, so that's kinda like saving my ass a little bit. My chart's very weird like that, where it's like you'll have all these awful planets but then like you have the Mercury and Venus mutual reception or like the moon in the third house and
0: There's always something positive to find in a chart. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and like taking it full circle, I would say that you know having a chart that you get freaked out by is like the best way to become an astrologer mm-hmm. because you kind of have to like confront it head on and be like what is what does this Learn even mean
1: the good the bad and the ugly right even if you have to start with the bad and then yeah the and like
0: in the traditional and i i shouldn't use that particular word in older astrology books that i would read like i have some books as you can see i collect books and i have some astrology books that are from like the 1920s and it literally talks about any planet in the eighth house is like you die like Love it. early death you die your dad dies your dad drowns like just like really just like stuff that you don't really want to read about your own chart and at the time i was like this is horrible and fatalistic and then i started to like Conceptualize it more and Create a more literary narrative of it And it's like yeah I actually I have Transformed a lot Over my life like I have Different parts of me have died My parents did divorce when I was At that exact age that it Would show up in my chart Mm -hmm. in which case I did sort of lose my dad in, In that more symbolic respect So it doesn't have to be Literal but if you find the right Interpretation it really Can resonate
1: yes um, and along that same line of thought Rhetorius, like I think it was like 200 AD when he had his compendium I bought uh, the little like the the little pocket version like not the whole thing and it's it is very fatalistic with, like, older astrology, especially, like, the farther back you go. Because his little book said I was going to get eaten by dogs. I was going to... Uh, oh, that's
0: Mars in the 12th house. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, And then yeah. it was,
1: like, Mars ruler of my um, third house in the 12th house. I'm going to get killed by one of my brothers. Totally. And then, like, reading all of this stuff, I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. Like, I should have never picked up this freaking book. But then, like, not taking it literally, me and um, my sister, third house... Did not get along like until like very recently, like definitely like she was she was awful. There are like videos of me like being born. She's a Sagittarius Leo moon, Leo rising. So it has to be all about her all the time. Yeah, um, it's a lot. Yeah, she was like two and I was born. I'm just like a baby chilling in my crib trying to like enjoy life. Live. Yeah. And then she like literally comes up and like climbs in and just starts slapping me around. And then like my mom thought it'd be a good idea to like videotape it or whatever. For what it. time is your mom? She's a Virgo with a Capricorn rising, um, but she has a Pisces moon, which makes her, like, soft and loving.
0: So everyone should know where to find you. If they don't know already where to find you, I I would be shocked, but I also don't want to be judgmental. So where (laughs) could we find you?
1: Um, Jake's Astrology on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I don't do Facebook. So one of those two places um, if you're a hot boy, send me a DM and I'll respond. If you're anybody <laughs> else, send me a DM. And if you look interesting, I might respond. Yeah, But uh, yeah, Instagram and Twitter. I'm more likely to respond on Instagram, actually, because Twitter, I just like mute people who I don't follow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I Twitter, I mean, I, I feel like that's where the shit talk personality comes out, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, I like I just, that. I don't listen, but I, but I like Instagram more because I can delete other people's comments if they say something I don't like. And then I can just like control everything. This is
0: like your Scorpio moon is in the third house is like glowing right now where you're like, I'm going to mute you. I'm going to delete that comment. It's
1: the block button is my favorite best friend.
0: That is so perfect. I love a literal application of a placement. Mm-hmm. Blocking in the third house with the Scorpio moon is
1: key. It's like, oh, you irritated me once. Click. Now you're never going to do it again.
0: I love it. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you're the best. So Thank nice you to meet you. for having me. Yes, <laughs> it was
1: awesome meeting you. I need to come back soon. Yes,
0: come back soon. Come hang out and we'll spill the tea.